Hey, everybody, this is Peter Joseph with the Thinking Into Results program, and you're listening to Moment of Grace with Dr. Butler. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler, and you are listening to Moment of Grace. We're so happy to have you here with us. <sighs> Dear hearts, you know, society has really, really changed. Um, when I was coming up, I can remember uh, we, as young men, we, we, we talked a lot about things that we had no, <laughs> no inkling about what we were doing things like sex and girls, you know how it is. We all did it, you know. But the norm these days is, unfortunately, and I'm going to say some things, you as my audience, you know I'm raw now. We're going to say some things you may not agree with. Um, that's not my problem. Truth is truth. It has no agenda. These days, we will have the baby shower and never concerned about the bridal shower. We, we, we buy homes and no commitment at all. And, and even the understanding of our bodies, this sacred intimacy that me as a believer, me as a disciple of Yahshua, believes that the, our body is a temple. And this temple is sacred not given away freely to anyone. But again, like I said, our society is totally, totally obscure right now. Everything seems haywire. What is up is down. What was abnormal years ago is normal. And I contest today, I have a guest with me on today who I consider to be normal. His name is Frank Harris, and Frank has written a book, 18 Years Without Sex. Intriguing, intriguing title by a very intriguing man. So I'd like to welcome to Moments of Grace, Frank Harris. Well, welcome to Moments of Grace, Frank. Yep. Thank you for having me. This will especially be the first uh, podcast and me publicly speaking about it. So I'm honored that you have given me the opportunity. Wonderful. When, when I saw, and I, I, it was either on Instagram or Facebook or some of the social media. Yeah. And, and I, I yep. saw your, um, I saw the, the, uh, uh, the pre-release of your book and, and I was just so intrigued. I, actually, I, I got to get him on the show. We, you know, I've got to sit up and have a conversation, but before you and I, uh, Dig into it, Frank. Share with the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Frank Harris. Um, raised in um, a pretty normal household, what um, a lot of people would uh, call a normal household. Was raised in a middle-class home, uh, biracial family. My dad was black. I mean, not was, my dad is black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my mom's gotcha. white. Um, middle class, uh, played sports, um, did fairly well in school, took family trips. Um, but um, the thing that brought a lot of destruction in my household was my dad's infidelity. 
Okay. So although there was a lot of good things that took place in my right. my dad did have a lot of good qualities and does have a lot of good qualities that vice of his opened the door to tear apart the home and that's where things went down for me uh, gotcha. but apart from that was raised in a pretty normal home so raised in a normal home got involved in some into the streets eventually and um after uh, a rude awakening god got my attention and i gave my life to god so that's my story in a nutshell got you got you well let, let me ask you a question because um you know i think we all have those those aha moments those epiphanies um but let's take a step back for just a moment um how old were you when you realized your father was um was cheating on your mother i would probably say around eight okay you know it it took place over a period of time so it was times where you know various times where he had got caught but i started having an inkling probably of what he was born around eight eight years old started to grasp what the arguments were about and you know, you start to develop more and start to understand more about relationships and being faithful in marriage and that type of thing. Gotcha. So probably around eight. Got you. Got you. Did that happen to, um, because at eight year old, eight years old, if if you're like I was, my dad was was my superhero. I don't I don't care who you know what other guys came along at uncles that uh, you know drove the big cars and everything else, but my dad was was my hero. Um, did mm-hmm. did that change any of your perception or how you saw your dad at that time? I I believe it did. It didn't necessarily wipe out that superhero image of who he was, I guess, because of how ingrained it was in me and also not wanting to face the reality of he wasn't that he wasn't that. So I think that tension played a part into me holding it on, holding on to it more than maybe what was healthy and painting them more in a positive light, but it was beginning to chip away out of it um, at that image for sure. Got you. Um, and and where's your relationship with your dad now? It's wonderful, actually. Wow. <laughs> so, awesome. my, yeah, my dad actually ended up getting saved a few years after my parents got divorced and um, things um, amended between us, thankfully. Wonderful, wonderful. And that's a story yeah. in itself, yeah. Got you. Yeah, my, my, uh, my father suffered from alcoholism and... Um, I never caught him cheating or anything, but the alcoholism was enough, you know, it was embarrassing and, mm. and everything else. And, and like your dad, before he passed, um, you know, probably 20 or 30 years ago, I'm much older than you are. Uh, he gave his life to Christ, became a deacon in his church and and his relationship. And I, um, I, he, it, there's not a day that goes by. I don't miss him. But uh, those early years, as you're saying, were, were trying. So very, very trying. So, so so share with me, if you don't mind, uh, Frank, with knowing your dad had the infidelity and, and you're, you're, where are you originally from? Dover, Delaware. Dover, Delaware. So you, you're probably like, you know, as eight, nine year old little dude, you're probably like all of all the rest, I'm sure. I don't think things have changed generationally. 
um, between guys that, uh, you, you know, you're, you're getting to the age of 10, 12, 11, where you're starting to look mm-hmm. at girls and things of that nature. Um, what was the, the catalyst for you that made you think differently about sex other than maybe your, your dad's infidelity? Or, or do you think that was the pinnacle of your, um, your, your ideology about sex? No, there was some some groundwork that was laid um, before me losing my virginity at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, you know, while writing the book, you know, I took, had time to go back and think about different stuff that contributed to uh, my views of sex back then. And one of the things that did contribute to it, which is still popular, is just the popular belief on sex about having sex quote unquote responsibly mm-hmm. and my parents never had a direct conversation to me about sex the birds and the bees but i'd pick up on different stuff they said in their uh, attitudes towards sex and relationships when the topic did arise and that was basically the belief that they did um, hold at the time that if you were going to have sex to do it responsibly meaning not to have sex with a lot of people and mm-hmm. to wear a condom right so right. they really didn't discourage me or encourage me to do it but that laid the foundation so it wasn't something that I had a lot of clarity on and it led to like confusion and a little bit of conflict within myself because I'm battling with my conscience is it right is it wrong and you know I mean how do you go about it the right way with time and but never a clear uh direction as not to do it or i never thought that it was completely wrong in my mind based upon that foundational um groundwork got you got you well, well yeah, frank and my, what and a... my parents support oh go ahead no, no go ahead my friend go ahead you're fine now i was just going to go back and touch on what you said about my dad's infidelity and mm-hmm. how that tied in with me spiraling out of control which involves sex you know the thing how that tied in with it was that i became careless after my family split apart it frank like can we do I this didn't have my family can you put a pin in it right there we're going to take a little small break and when we come back I, I, if you don't mind hold that thought and we want we'll to do. we want to come back and we want to explore that a little bit more and then of course we want to get into the meat of your book how it came about and um, it's like I said, that title just blew me away and where you are now in your life and, and everything else. So when we come back, we're going to have that discussion. OK. Yep, sounds good. Wonderful, wonderful. We're talking with Frank Harris, who's written a book, 18 Years Without Sex. And and as you can see, Frank, as um, as many, 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 many children, young people um, has gone through the. Uh, watching adults do childish things. Um, The level of commitment that um, we as adults have to have to one another and and knowing that our children are watching us because whatever they see us do will mold who they'll be. As the Bible says, it's very clear, uh, know a tree by the fruit it bears, but at the same time, the fruit can be no more than what the tree it came from was. 
So with that said, we're going to take a small break and we come back. We're going to continue our conversation with Frank and he's going to share with us his ideology and thought process about sex and how that was molded maybe by some of his father's actions. So we'll be right back. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade in the stock market, maybe for an exchange or even how to buy investment property? Check out this company that is teaching beginners how to become winners in the markets. It is TradeAcademyPro.com. Again, TradeAcademyPro.com. Wouldn't you like to start your day upbeat and motivated? Dr. Butler has written a wonderful book. It is called A Moments of Grace. It is a devotional for a busy life. You can get your copy at www.drajrbutler.com. And we're back. We're talking with Frank Harris, who's the author of 18 Years Without Sex. 18 Years Without Sex. Guys, um, as we're listening to Frank, and Frank, welcome back to Moments of Grace. You were sharing with us how your father's infidelity and maybe some of what you've seen with your parents may have molded some of your thought processes about sex. If you could pick that up there where you were. Yeah. So not so much as their actions mm -hmm. and my dad's infidelity more than likely probably did influence me on the subconscious level. But as far as what I could detect, um, the beliefs that my parents hand, uh, handed down to me, influenced okay. me in a big way because I never seen premarital sex as a bad thing. You know, mm -hmm. it was just to be gauged and responsibly. So I okay. wasn't deterred from, you know, having sex. It just, you know, was just to have it responsive responsibly. Right. But my parents' divorce combined with that belief, you know, I'm already thinking that premarital sex is okay mm -hmm. for the most part. But then once my family split apart I became careless and that just bled into a multitude of things and I started getting involved in drugs I started uh, smoking weed and not too long after that is when I had lost my virginity okay. so a lot of things uh, took place after my parents divorce um, I was seeing my dad cheat on my mom and that was stirring some things and I was becoming more dysfunctional in school but once they did finally split apart, that's when things uh, drastically shifted. Shifted um, so to the left or to the right for you, Frank? Um, definitely to the left. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even got again a little bit worse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Things. Um. It sped up the the path I was beginning to take, and I guess I was getting in fights in school, talking back to my teachers. And that was all just me lashing out of what was right. going on at home. What I loved the most was 
being demolished in front of me right. slowly but surely and you're not powerless. having any pro- proper coping skills and not knowing God. Mm. You know, my family also didn't um, hand down a healthy way of God to me. You know, I was raised in a Catholic church, so that was only something my mom made me go to. And she did it in out of a good heart, but right. it was more traditional rather than actually knowing and having a real relationship with God. So gotcha. it was gotcha. the perfect storm. Mm. Mm. Um, your, and you say after, uh, you know, after your, your folks split, it kind of was a, a, a catalyst or downward spiral for you. What was the, Correct. what was the, what was the bottom, Frank? Because, um, like I shared with you, this is one of the, the craziest things in the world to me is how we end up following what we don't like <laughs> mm. and i'll explain mm. myself because like i said my dad was an alcoholic and for 16 years uh of my time in the military i was a functioning alcoholic um seeing mm. all of that happen didn't deter me and i the one thing i always said was um i'll never get to that like level i'll head. drink socially so on and so forth you know, but it would never um, get to that level. And, 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 and it did. And on a few occasions, mm-hmm. almost lost my, uh, my career. Because um, mm-hmm. again, like I said, I was a functioning alcoholic, I could still function yeah. and do the things that were were required of me, but uh, of course, not at 100% capacity. So, mm-hmm. so after having sex and seeing all this, what was the what was the bottom for you, Frank? That made you say, "Man, something's got to change. This, this is, there's got to be something better than this." Um, I guess the the beginnings of it happened after a bad experience on a certain drug, mm-hmm. and ironically enough, although the book is named "18 Years Without Sex," the um the most severe consequences I experienced when I wasn't with God actually came from my involvement with drugs, whether it was using them or selling them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, really grabbed my attention was with, um, at the beginning was a bad experience I had with my best friend. And at the time it was, um, we were using angel dust. And it mm. goes by a couple of different names. Angel, that's mm-hmm. the technical name is PCP. Right, exactly. And I used to, uh, eventually I would go up, it got introduced to us in, in Dover, but then I got connected with a friend of mine's cousin. And then by the age of 16, I was going to North Philadelphia, one of the, probably one of the worst neighborhoods in America. I mean, a 16 year old going up there and buying bundles of PCP and bringing it back here to uh, Delaware. Right. So my, back to the incident, we were, we decided to do something crazy. We typically would smoke it, but us trying to up the ante and just being crazy and reckless, we mixed it with some alcohol that we were drinking. Oh, wow. So, mm. Yeah. Crazy. Not a good combination. So we were, no, not at all. So we were drinking it, and in the midst of us drinking it, we would uh, it began to affect our equilibrium. We would be stumbling and fall down at times. 
and my friend had to walk this road back to his house. And while we were parting ways and we were on our way back to our homes, um, a, la- a gap of time was just erased from my memory. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I remembered was being with him. And then the next thing I knew, I was in my room staring at a wall. Right. And one of the things that dawned on me was, or just gripped my imagination, was thinking, was wondering if my f- friend had fell into a car on his way back to his house. Okay. And that just really messed me up. And being high as mm-hmm. ever, went to my mom crying and I got her to take me over to my friend's house just to check on his well-being. And thankfully we got over there and he was in All right. one piece. You know, he couldn't answer the door, but his mom verified he was, <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> that he was in right. there. Right, right. So, but after that, I said, um, I got to find a church to go to. And it was either the Catholic church I grew up in or the one my dad had began going to. Right. And so that was that was kind of the the um, I, I call it for males. I, I, I wrote a my uh, master's thesis calls the alpha fracture, that there's something that is so drastic that happens in our lives, either a, a female or an incident that leads us to mm. want to change to go to the next level. And so um, mm. so your alpha fracture was 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 that moment. Um, because no, no, actually, it wasn't that moment. That was the beginning. Beginning of was, I got you. The alpha one was after that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. What, what, but what I've what I've found is, Frank, is that you know one level of disobedience affects all disobedience. So whether it was the drugs, whether it was the sex, and all of that, you know, when mm-hmm. we are disconnected from God, we're disconnected from His grace, we're disconnected from His love, and we're disconnected yeah. from his will. And so all bets are off. And in fact, the word tells us we're not uh, fighting against principalities, but, you know, against, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against spiritual powers in, in high places. So that's, that's, uh, you know, so, so knowing that um, the enemy knows that Frank had a purpose, he was going to throw everything at you. He could, because mm-hmm. if, if you um, ever had an opportunity to land on your feet um you're going to do something that would be life-changing and the life-changing is you spent 18 years without sex how did you (laughs) how did you how did you get through that to go from you know because it's kind of like i said i was an alcoholic for 16 years and smoked and all that stuff and then all of a sudden i cut all that out um but that's not biology um yeah the the you human can't drive, turn off the drive for it, it, altogether. yes know? yes that that's that's biology god made us like that you know <laughs> he didn't make us to drink alcohol he didn't make us to smoke but yeah. he made us to have that human drive so so yeah, man tell me how you turned off as a young man how did you turn off that that the the drive of of wanting and desire because like i said that's it's it's the the natural switch that is in us you know i i can mm-hmm. never deny anybody that that's what's in us it's it, he made us like that yeah. if not we could procreate so how yep. how did you get yep. past that my friend eight eighteen eighteen years i, I mean i know folk can't go eight minutes so <laughs> it was about 18 <laughs> years <laughs> well 
that that goes back to the alpha fracture. So, you know, that was the the beginning of me waking up, you know, in a more profound way. Gotcha. But I kept after that incident, I kept selling drugs, I kept using drugs and mm-hmm. consequences began accumulating and you know, I was becoming more aware of God during this time. Right. And fast forward to the alpha uh, fracture. Uh, I was ignoring God, but I was becoming more sensitive to him. I was going to church. Mm-hmm. And I started going to my dad's church after that incident with mm-hmm. the angel dust. Right. And learning more about God, uh, becoming more acquainted with him, still didn't surrender my life to him, still living how I was living and kept ignoring him. And uh, around this time, I had re-upped, bought a new batch of mushrooms to sell people. Okay. Now I had I was the one-stop shop man. I had basically anything you wanted. So I bought bought a new mushrooms, and at this time, I'm becoming more um, conscious of the people and the well-being of the people I'm selling to. Okay. And I was actually warning them at one period about the angel dust I was selling to them. Mm. And I was trying to wipe my hands clean of it by warning them right, so I could right. still you like the tobacco company you, you putting the lay putting on the label yeah, can't cause cancer work. but I'm still going to sell it to you still want your money <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yep. and that again that ties into the psychological concept of cognitive dissonance you know right, when you right. you know you're battling one thing but you want the opposite of it right. you know and that's where that friction comes in so you come up with a justification to try to settled attention but that was what i was doing so i had these mushrooms i bought and then i prayed over the mushrooms oh wow so that kind of shows yeah Yeah. (laughs) shows where i was at you know i was developing in my beliefs with god but definitely wasn't accurate and aligned but it was showing that i was my heart was growing more towards them and towards people and i prayed over them that people wouldn't go crazy off them so I prayed over the mushrooms. Nobody went crazy off the mushrooms. But then when I went to go take some, it completely wrecked me. And that was the alpha fracture. I used mushrooms a uh, few times before this without any incident. But being at the state I was in, being more sensitive of God, being more aware that I was walking in error, starting to feel depressed about what I was doing and not happy where I was at in life. I was making the most money I was. I was 17, 18, you know, I probably had around $10,000 around that time, mm-hmm. you know, starting to uh, do big things in the drug world at that, that, uh, at that point of being crossing over to becoming real big. Right. But inside I was destitute. So I took mushrooms in that state and that was, that was the match to the gasoline and long story short, I had a bad trip and had to see a psychiatrist and be prescribed medication. And I was in a constant state of anxiety for probably about three months. Okay. And that was what pretty much brought everything to a halt. So with, so. so when you um when you went to psychiatrist you you you've done all of this you're doing the work mm-hmm. what what was the you know cuz again like i said you, you know the mushrooms are uh is a you can take not to take there's no no drive to do that and, and unless you are predisposed to <laughs> you're back back to you. 
Yeah, unless you're you know, unless you're predisposed biologically, unless you're predisposed <laughs> to addiction. Um, but but yeah, we're right back to the sex thing because you we I still yeah, need to get I, there. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah so, I'm taking the long way there, but I'll, yeah. I'm gonna bring it back. I got you. I got so, you. After that, that was that was pretty much the big wake up sign that I needed. Gotcha. Uh, and I mean, I've been robbed. I've been shot at before. I didn't put my family in danger and this was just the straw that broke the camel's back so slowly but surely i began giving up stuff the first one first vice that i let go of was selling drugs um and then i was going to church around this time i was still smoking weed okay and i was still having sex but it was starting to dwindle down right Right. Yeah. Right. And I was in church and it was a guest preacher down and he was preaching and about halfway through his sermon, he looks at me and points me out in the crowd. Mm. And I look looking around like, you know, are you pointing to me? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pointing to you. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and at this time I'm broken. You mm. know, I'm experienced all these consequences from how I was living still affected probably i mean not all the way healed from what took place in my childhood and everything right. else that i accumulated from living in the living the street life and just now i'm in a constant state of anxiety from the mushrooms i'm in and just broken gotcha so he calls me points points me out calls me to the front and i start making my way to the aisle and that's when i start to begin weeping and I don't even know what's going on. I mean, I don't know if it was, you know, God starting to, you know, I mean, break through in my heart. Right. You know, it talks right. about light, you know, I mean, shining through in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was either that or I was in, it was uh, the desperate answer that I was looking for, but didn't find at that time. So it right. could have been a combination of things. Gotcha. But by the time I did reach him, I am weeping. Mm-hmm. And he's praying over me. And I can't remember all the things he was saying due to the emotional state I was in. But one thing I do remember, he said, after the day, you'll never be the same. Mm. And after that service, it felt like my hope was renewed. Felt like I had new uh, wind in my sails. You know, I was having suicidal thoughts at this time due to the mental state I was in. I was having thoughts of, I didn't want to live like this if this is how I was going to constantly feel. So I was really at the end of my rope. And after that service happened, you know, I, my hope was renewed and, you know, it just, it just gave me that boost at that time. And it may have been the actual moment that God did save me when, you know, second um, Corinthians five seventeen. if any man, you know, is in Christ, he becomes yes, a new creation. Right. Old has passed away and all things become new. And that transformation can take, you know, I mean, some time, but that may have been the actual moment. And it wasn't too long after that I had stopped smoking weed. And I think, I think it might've been before or after that time. I can't quite, I'm not quite sure on the timeline, but I remember having sex with the, the last person I had sex with. And I was in that tormented mental state and I thought So you had enough you had enough spiritual awareness to understand that, that it's all connected. 
you know, the smoking yeah, weed, yeah. the, the yeah, mushrooms, yeah, the sex, all, exactly. all of it is, all of it is interconnected. Sin is sin. It's all, Hunting, all of it's, all of like it's secondhand nature. Right. One, yeah. Right. The, right. That, and that's when it was God and growing with God. Exactly. Like I said, I, you know, when I, when I put down drinking, I put smoking down too. When I started drinking, mm. I started smoking. So there are certain things that, that are, are gateways and there are certain things that, that are parallel with one another. Uh, we have about two more minutes, Frank. If you don't mind, um, share with us when people read the last page of 18 Years Without Sex, what do you want them to walk away with? Um, want them to walk away with um, hopefully the reality of Christ and the the seriousness of Christ. You know, we live in a day, an age where uh, contemporary Christianity is promoted. You know, it's um, kind of a casualness that's taken with God and it's a lot of messy things that go on within Christianity. And that's not saying that we, we can't fall or make mistakes, but we have fallen, I mean, some ways off the mark. Right. You know, right. but just to, and it's not to have a, a legalistic view of God, like a life without fun and, you know, 18 years without sex, you know, it can sound, <laughs> it can sound miserable, but it wasn't. There was a lot of growth that happened in that time that was vital to me. And I was, I, I still enjoyed life at that time. Life is more than sex. Exactly. But just want people to see um, the testimony of what Christ can actually do with a person. And even with something that is so uh, cherished and idolized in the world that we live in today, such as sex, that I experienced something that was better, that was surpassed all of that, and that was God. So just to bring awareness to that and um, also to encourage other believers that may be struggling with it. A lot of believers know that that's not the way that God wants them to live, but they still find struggle to walk it out. And in the book, I outline how I did it, how I was able to manage, I mean, with those biolog- with that biological desire you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And just to show that uh, a normal person and a person that was once entrenched in the things of the world is able to do it through the power of God, through God's help. So that's the, what I want people to get out of it. You know, see the testimony of Christ, what he can do with a person and how you're able to live the way that he wants you to live and still be live a fulfilling life. And there's nothing uh, you'll miss out by, by following his ways that actually benefit from you and not subtract from you. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, how will people be able to get your book? Um, They'll be able to purchase it on amazon.com. Okay. 18 years without sex, Francis, Francis Harris. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, are you willing to come in and maybe there may be some men's groups or maybe some youth groups that would like you to oh, speak with them? Are you open to do any of that? Yep, I've spoken at churches. Um, one of my old jobs, I was a counselor, assessment counselor in prison, spoke to men in prison, men and uh, women in prison, did youth groups preached over in the Philippines. So wonderful. Yep, I'm, wonderful. All, I'm all for it. Well, if you don't mind, give them your email. We're not going to give your phone number out here. 
Uh, if you give them your email, uh, if you are interested in having Frank come and speak to your group, will you travel? So you've been to the Philippines, so you'll go anywhere in the continental, right? Yeah, I'm, I might need some airfare for that. But, oh, of course, yeah, I'm, of I'm course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if some, yeah, if they want you, you bad you fly enough, me over there. There you go. You fly me over there and feed me. I'm good. There you go. They would say fly you there and feed you. Right? Got you. Got you. Got yeah. you. So, so give them that email, Frank. Um, askfrankharris at gmail.com. Wonderful. Ask Frank Harris at G- is the ask with an S. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ask with ask Frank Harris at gmail.com. Frank, it was such a pleasure having you. Thank you for coming, sharing your story. And we expect great things out of this book. It is a, it is needed, needed, needed. Uh, your story, your testimony is needed. Um, what you've gone through with your father and your family is endemic to a lot of stories, but you, you are a testament that you can survive, you can go through it, and you can rise up. So I want to thank you again for being on Moments of Grace with us. Yeah, thank thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Wonderful, wonderful. And we've been talking with Frank Harris, who is the author of 18 Years Without Sex. It can happen. Um, if, if you listen to Frank's story, uh, what, what, what I uh, gather from it, what I've gleaned from it, is that all, all of our sins, everything that we have, it's connected. Our disobedience is connected. And it is a cascading effect. Frank took responsibility, even though uh, what may have led him down a certain road may have been what his father did early in, in his life. But he took responsibility. And by taking responsibility, he had even enough wherewithal even if it was misplaced, even pray over the drugs that he was selling. It it lets us know that as long as we have some empathy and as long as there is God in our life and we're trying to work our way through to God, that he's there. At the same time, while he was going through that, it was a process. It didn't just happen overnight. He didn't just stop having sex overnight, didn't just stop selling drugs and using drugs overnight. It is a process. And I don't care whether you've been in Christianity or been a disciple for 30 years, it's still a process. We are all working and striving to be better, do better, and be greater. With that said, thank you all so much for being here with us again on Moments of Grace. We look forward to having you next time with us. You know, we love you guys so much. Thank you for your support. And, and you know, um, before we go, we are we're very, very close to building one of our homes for uh, the Grace Project. If you can, please consider donating to the Grace Project of any amount, any, any amount would be appreciated. $5, $10,000. If you want to donate a home, donate uh, um, the property, we'll build a home or put a home on it. We're trying to help veterans and also those families that are homeless get off the streets. of your donation goes to the project. With that said, thank you all so much for being here with us. Remember to love God, love life. Keep the light on. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace. Thank you, Veronica Ebanks. Lovely. I loved your story. Abandonment. 
Wow, in so many adults. And Dr. Butler, to hear you start your journey, that it happened to you too. As a person watching and working with people fostering adoption, I really, really, really are blessed to hear your stories. Reach now to other people of your era that are still living a life of a lie. As a child that was abandoned, you know, I understand the pain when you don't be honest with your past. So I want to just thank you. I really enjoyed your podcast and I've subscribed to hear money more. Thank you, Veronica Hebanks. Thank you, Dr. Butler. And thank you all.